0: do like a verbal like i don't know we all clap at the same time or <laughs> we, something so we, we can line up, up so let's, oh, see let's do a right. countdown
1: from 30. One,
0: okay th-
1: from 30 i like it okay
2: 30.
0: 30
1: 20.
2: <laughs> the whole intro come? is just whole... us counting <laughs> down no i think we're good we don't need to clap it's too right. it's too early to start right. clapping uh, the thing okay. I, the thing I do like though, is that Aaron has done like a sick background. What is, what? I like that. Yeah. Like what have you done? Is it, I'm trying to is figure it chalk? Yeah. Is it on your wall or did you make some kind of like zoom background? No, it's uh, on the wall. So who drew the lag wagon logo? My wife. Yeah. Okay. So you got to get her to do like a band logo each time. That's right. She's committed. <laughs>
0: did, That's awesome. Did you tell her that
2: that this doesn't actually go on YouTube anymore? <laughs> well, w-
1: that wasn't the plan when I had this whole thing in mind. I so like I was it like, though. Dude, I'm still going for it, dude. It's sharp. So, did, like, did she do the the growing up punk stuff too? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So painted it. It's like a kind of a matte black, so you yeah. can use it as a chalkboard. We d- she had done a wall like this at uh, at uh, my my work, and so we had some of the paint and. Just, Just trying awesome. to think of something that, I, you know, for each guest, I could
2: switch it over here, but still yeah. have the logo on the other side. And I like it. Nice. Before we go too far, uh, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. I've got two friends with us this time. First of, first and of, foremost, like Aaron, you're here, of course. <laughs> uh, and then our, our friend that uh, hosts a better podcast than ours, uh, no. <laughs> Jed from Talking Records is hanging out too. Yeah. And yeah. So I guess real quick, we'll well mention why Jed's here because we're launching I guess this is this is the first yeah the first official episode for kind of we're moving on from the record labels we had done a ton of episodes on different labels which was fun uh and maybe we'll go back to it at some point because there's a ton of labels we didn't cover but we're gonna do a thing where we look at bands and instead of doing I I guess what we had normally done in the past where we'd look at you know two records or maybe a series of records uh we're actually going to take our our five favorite songs i guess but this first one is a little bit different because with some of these we're also going to look at bands where between aaron and myself we feel like we probably should have gotten more into them maybe than we we have if that makes sense um not necessarily bands that we've completely missed but bands you know We're talking about Lagwagon today. So the reason Aaron and I picked Lagwagon is because, yeah, Jed's pumped, um, is because they're obviously one of those classic bands of the scene. And for myself, and I guess for Aaron too, like one that neither one of us really ever got into, like heard them, listened to them, but, you know, never fully jumped on board. So we thought it'd be fun to bring in uh, someone who's a big fan of the band, and immediately break the rules because, (laughs) like I said, it's supposed to be our five favorite songs. Aaron constructed the list. um, With Jed's help. With with Jed's help. But basically by picking, I think it started with, like, the five, like, their five top songs on Spotify or whatever. And then I forget how it grew to six, but it eventually ended up being six favorite, like, six songs. and, And Jed said, swap this one out for this one. And so... You know, we, we kind of made some picks, but we're, we're starting and we've immediately broken the rules, which is something we've uh, kind of. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we set the rules so that we can break the rules. So that's just <laughs> how it works. But uh, I will say I am completely unprepared for this episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I've listened to the songs a number of times and I meant to do notes today, but life got in the way and notes never got done and it's 30 degrees here today i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but it's it's summer here today so we were outside and enjoying it and trying not to get sunburned instead of uh instead of taking notes on leg wagons so you're just gonna hear an awful lot of me sipping my beer from my end on
0: this (laughs) on this episode
2: and i'll occasionally
0: chime in before we dive in, making the rest of us jealous.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. Before we dive in, I, I did have one note, so I figured I'd get it out of the way before I forget it. And that's that the song Messengers is the first lag wagon song I ever heard. I don't know where. It's probably on a mixed CD mm. or something. It's a good song. Yeah.
1: What album it, is that off of?
2: Is that off of. Let's talk about yeah, feelings. So let's talk about oh, feelings. Okay. Um, it's not on our list, though, so that's why I got to get it out of the way. So I don't know if Aaron wants to, wants to take us in. Or do we want to talk about Jed's podcast a little bit? Let him pump. Yeah, Jed, out. why
1: don't you uh, tell us why you're here? So I guess, uh, yeah. Why so to compile here, to compile these songs, um, part of it was kind of inspired by there was an Instagram account I think it was the Skate Punkers one that had had just asked people for you know their favorite Leg Wagon songs. So I mean there was a whole ton there, and then around the same time, me and David decided we would talk about Leg Wagon. And so, like, I've gone to Spotify, but lots of times the most popular songs, like, lots of them are all in the same album, or it's a cover song or something. So then I was like, oh, I know Jed loves Lagwagon, so I'm going to ask him his favorite songs, which then got into why I was asking him, and he was like, oh man, you got to have me on the podcast, and
0: <laughs> and so I was like, man, yeah, let's perfect be honest, guys, to- I, I begged, I begged to be on here. I heard you were talking about Lagwagon, and, and I said. I got to be on your show. I would love to talk about Lagwagon. I got a random text from Aaron. He's like, dude, five favorite Lagwagon songs. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Five?
3: Five, yeah.
0: Five? <laughs> <laughs> Spent the whole day stressing out. I'm like,
3: five?
2: <laughs> All right. This is actually one of my favorite things about this series because uh, we do plan on, we've got some already scheduled and, and kind of already recorded, but speaking with uh, different artists about their five favorite songs that their bands put out. And uh, some of my favorite things are like hearing back from them being like, I honestly don't know whether it's just like hard to pick five (laughs) songs because, you know, they don't want to pat their own back in any sort of way or it's just like they love their library so much like I I don't know. So there's a lot of like I found so far in some of the interviews I've been setting up. I don't know if Aaron can say the same thing, but almost a lot of like guiding along the way being like, well, why don't you think about it from this way or, what you know, and just trying to (laughs) maybe you got some great stories you want to share. So. Um, right. I, I, what are your five favorite
0: to play live?
2: Yeah, right. I do love, you know. I mean, that that's a sign of a great band too. Is like, how do I how do I pick those songs? You know, you might have that number one that's like bar none, no question. That's it. But then, the, yeah, it's it can be tricky. Which uh, which is what makes it so much fun, though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we
1: had we had done an episode with Stretch Armstrong before we even did this series that kind of gave us this idea. But there was just so much cool stuff that came out of those conversations because, yes, sometimes bands feel awkward about picking their own songs, but at the same time, they know those songs better than anyone, right? They know the stories behind why they were written and what inspired them. And so it just gives it that unique outlook of, you know, what was going on when this song was written because we only have it from the perspective of of hearing it, you know, maybe when it came out, maybe 10 years after or whatever. And so it's... It's cool, kind of getting that backstory into our favorite songs and what really shaped them.
2: Mm. On this episode, it's just going to be Jed's insight on why why he likes songs. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all this all rests on Happy you. Happy to supply that. Yep, yep. Happy to
2: supply I'll that. Supply oh yes,
1: yeah. And, then, and that's what was cool about about having you on Jed is, you know, it's it's one thing for me and David to kind of go back and forth about a band we're not super familiar with, but it's awesome to have a guest to kind of, you know, steer us. Clear us. Give T- more insight. Maybe all my facts are wrong. And- <laughs> Tune
2: us in. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I promise not to correct you or anything obnoxious <laughs> like that. Oh,
2: no, uh, but- go for it.
1: Uh, Just actually. Oh, time-
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, no. That was on the second EP. Yeah. <laughs> that
2: was on the demo the
1: singer gave me when I yeah. took my uh, shirt uh, off at
0: the show.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Speaking of, have you ever taken off? Oh.
1: <laughs> have you ever taken your shirt off at a Leg Wagon show, Jed? Yeah. <laughs> Put it around.
0: I don't either? think so. <laughs> no? not yet. No, not yet. There's still time. There you go. There's still time. Yeah. Well,
1: why don't Why don't we start with Jed? Why don't you share with us kind of how you first discovered Leg Wagon? Um, you know, have Have you seen them live? When was that? What kind of really instilled your love for the band?
0: Sure, and you can totally cut me off if I go too long. I, um, like a lot of people, I discovered Lagwagon on the Survival of the Fattest compilation that Fat Records put out in 96. It had two songs on it, um, Sleep and a song called Layman's Terms. And I remember just getting that comp and just falling in love with those bands. No Use for a Name and High Standard had that great cover of the Mamas and the Papa song at the beginning. And I just was like loving these bands and checking them out and buying the records. And so when I heard that Lagwagon was putting out a new album, I actually had my mom stop on the way home from visiting colleges, so I could run into the record store and pick up the new Lagwagon album on the day it came out, and that was Double Plaid. And I just loved that record. I just the the dark tones on it, the you know the dark lyrical matter. It was just the songs were fast. They didn't really have a lot of choruses. It was hard to tell when one song ended and another one began. They just kind of all you know, meld together and it was just a really great record and I remember loving it. And then I picked up Haas soon after. I got it for my birthday, actually, and just loved that record. And I just, you know, Lagwagon, I just really loved their their style. I love how they blended punk rock with like metal and a little bit of math rock. Uh, Joey's voice has always been one of my favorite voices in punk rock. Um, it's funny when you listen to interviews with him, he's always like, oh, I don't really like my voice. And I don't really think of myself as a vocalist. And, you know, he's more of a songwriter type. But I just I think he's got like a really nice voice. You know, it's it's kind of higher, but it's not whiny. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't like kind of grate at your nerves when you hear him. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind say, of like it says so. you.
2: No,
1: <laughs> <It's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like snotty enough sounding to kind of give it some edge, but not where, you know, like kind of fat Mike for me is just yeah. too much. Where it's like uh, I can only handle right. so much of this. But Joey yeah, has it gets enough. On your nerves after a while. Yeah, like he's he's got enough of kind of grit in there to to kind of pull it together and make it sound a bit more cohesive and easier on the ears.
2: You know, it's yeah. you know it's funny for me with Lagwagon, and this kind of shows a little bit more where. I suppose I was uh, in kind of growing up and listening to punk. I always like the band that I always went to for that kind of similar lag wagon sound. And maybe Aaron can agree on this one, though, was Craig's brother, because like I yes. forever I was like, dude, this it just sounds like it sounds like Lagwagon, wagon. And of course, growing up as like a youth group kid who, you right. know, like if I was buying like I I'd buy some stuff. And then there'd be some stuff that I'd like sneak in or whatever, but I was, I think I was always in the frame of mind at that age, you you know, where I was like, well, why would I, you know, risk myself with this and having my mom's thrown, she doesn't do this anymore. God bless my mom. But she, (laughs) uh, like when I was, when I was like a kid, right. She threw out a couple tapes or CDs or whatever. Oh no. I've told a story where she threw out like an Aerosmith cassette and she heard me talk about it on a podcast once. And so (laughs) a few weeks, a few weeks later in the mail, I got Aerosmith get a grip on CD that she sent to me. And I was like, that's hilarious. Thanks, mom. But like, you know, as, as, you know, kind of a young teenager um, hearing leg wagon and maybe it was on, I'm sure it was on a compilation or a friend had. You know a mix CD that he made or whatever. Uh, I just always went, yeah, but I can listen to Craig's brother and not worry about this. You know, like my mom hearing it and throwing yeah. it out, sort of thing. But um, not to say right. Craig's brother's a lag wagon knockoff by any means. But I think the the comparisons are for sure there.
0: Well, Ted, uh, you know those guys are big lag wagon fans, 100%. bad religion, yeah. lag wagon. I mean, you can hear it yeah. all over homecoming.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, lag wagon is a band that then you know, kind of as time went on, you know how it happens when you get older. You just kind of stick to more of the stuff that you oh yeah you know you grew up on especially if it's like there's one thing to discover new bands um i have you know i absolutely love discovering new bands but then to go back and discover or rediscover or try to get into a band that you've been familiar with and known forever but just never really listened to i don't know what it is because there's no like oh i was missing out on this you know sort of thing Mm. Had I never Mm -hmm. heard Lagwagon before and then put it on, say, in preparation for this podcast, you know, then maybe it's like, dang, like, how did I miss this the whole time? But it was always just a band that was kind of there and uh, knew them as soon as they came on, had friends that loved them, um, especially like the artwork for Double Platinum. And then um, let's talk about feelings like they're they're just like ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, they were just for whatever reason, a band that I never really got into. They were here. A few years ago now and i had some friends that were super pumped to go see them and I'd, i've never seen them live and i just i didn't go <laughs> you know it's one of those no. things where i do regret i'm like i should have just to go right like yeah. i mean yeah knowing who they are they put on
0: a good live show yeah
2: and that's the thing like um there's obviously part of going to see a band where he's like yeah i just want to go and see them play my favorite song so i can sing along and when that's not a factor for you know what you're going to hear it's kind of like uh, i guess i could save that 30 bucks for something else right but it is one that when that when we didn't get tickets and i had friends talking about how good the show was, it was like should have got a ticket <laughs> and then you know oh, yeah. COVID happens and it's like i really should have got a ticket like who yeah. knows now you're like i should have went to every concert yeah, i ever yeah.
0: turned turned down. <laughs> ah
2: here
3: we are
0: yeah never make that mistake again
2: right you I, never I, know when a pandemic will hit <laughs>
1: I missed that right. show too, but I had a buddy go and he got me a shirt which has which shrunk really quickly, yeah. so I ended up giving it away because it didn't fit anymore. But <laughs> yeah, still still bummed I missed that. Yeah, you know, yeah, lots of same thoughts as David. Um like when I first heard them on um I think it was Life in the Fat Lane, so I think that was on the, the mm. um talk um ugh, um Talk About Feelings album. And uh, yeah,
0: May sixteenth was on that comp. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I love that song. I I got that album after, but yeah, you know, I I don't even. I've been thinking about this lots as I've been listening through the albums the last few weeks. It's kind of like I don't. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't get more into this band. I guess they're just one of those bands that, you know, for whatever reason, just didn't pull me pull me in. And even as I was listening to them, like even with those thoughts. It was still kind of like, okay, I can kind of see. Like, I still don't absolutely love it. I'm not, like, head over heels over it. And, you know, it's interesting you mm-hmm. said they, they, they're they not big on choruses, which maybe for me is a, is a part of why it doesn't kind of draw me in as much because, I mean, mm-hmm. I love choruses. Yeah. It's pretty typical of pop punk, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. as much skate punk, but still some of that just to have kind of those hooks and, uh, like, there's definitely songs that have some of those in Lagwagon, but uh, they don't come across as a band that's, like, trying to pull you in with a hook. It's more, you know, the lyrics mm. or the album as a whole or, yeah. you know, the kind of overarching content. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, I kind of feel like an idiot that I don't like them more or know them
0: more. Um, no. But it's... <laughs> hey, you yeah. like what you like, man. Yeah. But, you know, the other thing is, it's like you were saying, you know, sometimes it's just being hooked into a certain scene, you know, I mean there's there's all kinds of different you know genres of punk and there's all kinds of different like areas that people cluster around like the pop punk and the you know the ramones core and the fat punk and the skate punk it's like you have all these different things and it's impossible to hear all of it so you kind of like you know you clue into something you really like and you kind of work your way out from there and you know sometimes you just don't end up uh connecting with certain bands i think that's pretty normal totally.
2: yeah yeah and there's just so many so many bands over the history of time right like so many bands (laughs) so many bands um so should we uh should we dive into the first song or uh okay so well let's get it the the first song we're going to talk about now um i believe this one just came from like the spotify list but uh we're going to talk about the song violins Yeah, so Aaron, you've got some all the information. Yeah. It comes off the album Haas, right?
1: Yeah, so this is their, their third album released on November 21st, 95 on Fat Records. It was produced by Ryan Green, who produced a ton of albums on that label and in that scene. And so that's no surprise that that they worked with him. Uh, Violins is the second track on the album. Um, you know, I, I just have to mention the art. So one thing about Lagwagon is I always loved their artwork because it just had that classic yeah. kind of punk look to it. And uh, I mean, it, this is just a character off of like a Western TV show or whatever, whose name is Haas, but it's Haas, you yeah. know, <laughs> I I still, I don't, I don't know that show, but I'm still drawn towards that kind of imagery. Like even now, right. It just kind of has that almost like Napoleon Dynamite kind of, you know, goofy, <laughs> you know, just a random character that, you know, is it, kind of funny for a punk album to have just like a Western looking guy on there, but Um, Yeah, we can talk about the the artwork from the other albums. But, um, yeah, this this song actually really reminds me of something that would be on Blink-182's Dude Ranch. I don't know if it's just kind of like the nostalgic sound it has to it, but um, it's a great song. It's got really cool melodies, you know, a simple structure. But I love that kind of towards the end they they double-time the song, which just kind of adds that punch of energy that I love. And that's actually the part that especially reminds me of Dude Ranch um, you right. know, just that speed and, and the simplicity to it. And yeah, really, really great song. Like I, I was familiar with this one, but
2: I mean, I, I kept going back to this one a bunch and really enjoyed it. It's funny that you mentioned dude ranch, because I like to pretend that the, the cover art for this album and the cover art for dude ranch are just like they're linked. Like Haas is, he's, he's the, he's guy, the owner he's, of the bowl. Yeah, yeah. He's the <laughs> owner of the dude ranch that we're referencing here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so this song, I know I do like, uh, I came to the conclusion in listening to these six songs that I'm definitely a bigger fan, like more instantly drawn to the lag wagon songs that are, are faster. There's just something I think when Aaron talked about, you know, like the lack of real, you know, like choruses, um, they have hooks in their songs, but they're just like these little like oh, what was that? Or, oh, you know, like little things I find that kind of come and grab you out of nowhere versus being like, you know, an anthemic pop punk chorus or whatever, right? Like, um, so I definitely am a fan of the songs that, that are a little faster. And this song, I think... It's weird because I'm always gonna picture these songs as like a six-song EP slash playlist, and it <laughs> it uh, it works as a way to start it all off. You know, I did have a question. So when he says violence, is he like is it, is it supposed to sound like violence? Is that what he's yeah yeah okay? I was like, are, are we?
0: It's wordplay. Yeah. It's like you know when No Effects would do Sold Out, right? And it was sold out, and you know these guys were all these guys were all hanging around together. You know, they, <laughs> you you see these links between these albums. Uh, they're all doing the same stuff.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, where does where does
2: this song rank on uh on Jed's list of of Lagwagon songs?
0: Well, this in my opinion this is one of the biggest Lagwagon classics. I love this song. You know, I know these bands like don't have hits and stuff, but this is a Lagwagon hit to me. Right. It's just a great breakup song, you know, where the relationship is completely unsalvageable. Yeah. <laughs> It's just really well written I love the imagery in the song at one point Joey sings I awake with your replacement a bottle in my grasp in an unfamiliar place it's just like that that feeling of being like disoriented and just like so out of your your mind out of your wits because of this breakup that you know you're just you don't even know where you are like you know yeah. <laughs> it's just really good they had. The band has, like, a good mix of, like, story songs. Sure. So I don't know how familiar familiar you are with their catalog, but they have songs like Razorburn or Going South or even songs like Lazy or "Stoking the Neighbors, which kind of, like, tell a story. You know, it's a very narrative kind of song. Yeah. But then they have songs like this one that's just, like, a lot of just, like, imagery and, like, things to, like, think about. And, like, you'll read a line and you'll be like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, it could mean this, it could mean that. Yeah. And I always really liked poring over... Joey's lyrics. He's a he's a really good lyricist.
2: Is it fair? Because um, I, I got a lot of, maybe not necessarily on this song, but in in going through this, a lot of times and moments that were reminding me of no use for a name. Is that is that fair to say that
0: you think? Oh yeah, I mean, they, Tony and Joey became really good friends, and I think they had a very you know playful competition. Um, there was a funny story about how. When they were working on making friends uh, off Double Plaid, and they were in the studio, Tony came in and said, "Hey, that's what we're naming our album." <laughs> and like Joey being like, "Oh, okay," like you know, just kind of like again, always like riffing off each other and kind of like interconnected. And yeah, I think they definitely did learn a lot from each other. I know Russ from Good Riddance often cites you know Tony and yeah. and Joey as being an influence on his songwriting and learning from them and talking to them backstage about songwriting. So I think they all. You know, we're, we're we're hooked into each were other. They,
2: were Tony and Joey ever in like a band together or a group together?
0: Yeah, they played in a band called Scorpios. Maybe that maybe
2: it? that's what it was. I'm like picturing is the album artwork like just
0: four headshots? It's just four faces. Four faces yeah, and they it? all look like zonked out.
3: <laughs> yeah, I
2: was say I think I'm, I think I'm picturing it. And so when I when I brought it up, I was like, oh wait, yeah, I think I mean that does make sense if they were. Um, but anyway, uh, oh yeah, there it is. I found it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've I've looked at album. yeah, I say I've looked at this album countless times
0: in record shops and been like, oh, I should check it and just have never checked it out. So it just well, you know, something you should definitely check out is you're, you're talking about that's an acoustic album. Yeah. Um, you should definitely check out Joey did an acoustic version of violins. Okay, on the Tony Sly Joey Cape split. Oh, yeah. called acoustic. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> saw that. They came out in two thousand four. Yeah. And I just think that that acoustic version of this song is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really brings out yeah, the lyrics. It brings out the melody. Yeah. It's, um, I remember hearing that song when it came out in 04. And, like, it just totally giving that song new life to me. Like, yeah. I was just like, wow, like, this is a really powerful song. Like, I'd always just kind of rocked out to it, you know, with my fists in the air. But now, you know, hearing it in that format, I was like, this is a really well-written yeah, song, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, the one thing I, hear
2: I will say from past experience i'm trying to think in the times i have gone through like full Lag wagon albums the thing I, w- I could never really get behind with no use for a name is it felt like oftentimes they would just have one song in the middle of the record that would be like what is this doing here and and it <laughs> just like completely pull me out of it right whereas like i don't know mm-hmm. that Lagwagon wagon has any of those necessarily um so that so mm-hmm. that's nice but um do we want to move on to uh to the next track
1: yeah let's do it all right yeah so uh double <laughs> platinum is the fourth album by Lagwagon released on August 12th 97. It's the first album without the original lineup as guitarist Sean and drummer Derek both left the band before the recording of this album and uh, the track we're going to talk about is making friends. Jen, you suggested this song off this album. You talk highly of it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and why this song stands out to you from the album.
0: This is, without a doubt, one of my all-time favorite punk rock songs. Mm. I just love the song. I feel like it just it hits. It keeps this driving rhythm. You know, it kind of combines punk and power pop, and there's even a little bit of metal in it. And it just, for me, it just, it feels epic. Like, you know, like it just kind of like builds up and then there's sections throughout the song where it kind of drops out. And it's just like Joey um, with the guitar. And I don't know. I just always really loved the way this song sounds. Mm -hmm. Dave is playing like this tribal drum beat of sorts. He's like (laughs) all over the kit and he's a powerful drummer. And it's just a great song. You've asked me if I've seen Lagwagon live, and I have. I've seen them a number of times, and they've played this song every time I've seen them, except for when I, I saw them play the. Um, I saw them play, um, the trashed album playthrough, and at the end they played a few other songs. But every show I've seen them do, they've done "Making Friends," and it just sounds so powerful.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This I, is... I feel. Yeah, so go ahead. ahead. <laughs> this
2: is um, this is a song where I said a few minutes ago about how just like little hooks here and there that kind of draw you in so Mm. you talked about the instrumentation like kind of really cutting back for when uh when joey sings it's so small that first time and then brings it back later uh and then like the making friends bit where he's got like the the effect on his voice or whatever there's just like little things that really kind of pull you in and it's funny because when i first heard this song this was one that I actually had trouble kind of getting into because, as I mentioned with the last one, I'm more drawn to, like, the faster songs, right? And this, like, specifically mm-hmm. with Lagwagon, not necessarily that's the case for other bands, but with Lagwagon is the faster songs. And and this one, it's, you know, kind of more of a mid-tempo uh, song and without, like, a big chorus sort of thing. I was just kind of like, what are we, what are we doing here? But it's also a song that forced me to kind of look more... At the lyrics and try and figure mm. out, you know, what is he, what is he singing about? Like, I, I love the line towards the he says, I graduate this class with honors and I will never fail drama. Yeah. Like that's, that's pretty good. The, the vibe that I got from it, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it really felt like a song that, you know, because of the graduating bit there, like felt like a song written by or about someone, you know, like in high school last day of high school sort of thing. Like does life really change when high school's over? Cause that's always what, you know, when kids are having tough times, it's always like, well, you know, high school's only a few years and then life is different when you get out sort of thing. Right. And just like that look of, you know, maybe someone who has got someone who's picked on them or whatever, it just feels like, you know, like the bullied, you know, the kid who's yeah. been bullied, who's just saying like, you know what? I got one more day, and then it's you know I'm out of here, sort of deal, right? Like I don't have to put up with you anymore. And I don't know if that's what it's about, but um, that's just kind of there's some of the imagery in there that that's sort of what I pulled from it. And then I was kind of able to you talked about like narrative songs and like seeing stories a little bit more. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's um, it's he's and I said this about Joey uh, about uh, Tony Sly too in the past was actually the thing I appreciate about their songs not having these big choruses is that it really Forces you a lot of times to look more at the lyrics, and you know the song structure might not pull me in necessarily right away. But then it's kind of going, okay, people love this band, why? You know, and a lot of times for me it, it boils down to what are they writing about, how are they presenting those lyrics, and I think I think it's pretty awesome stuff. But I cut you off, Aaron, so go ahead. Well, uh, I was like,
1: the, for being the second track on an album, I found this song to like be a little. Kind of slow and draggy, like to kind of, oh. you know, start the album. I know, like this, this is gonna break your heart, but this is
0: the song gets me amped up. Yeah, no, no, I like I, it's 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 good to hear. Like, I think it's really fascinating because for for me, like, and I, I'll let you know. I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, no, okay. this song gets me like totally amped up. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like boxing in play. You know, I'm like boxing in place <laughs> like as the song plays. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's you know because I'm only really getting into this these last few weeks. Um, so it's you know I don't have the same connection to it you know as some of the other songs on this list, but what I did like about it is that you know this kind of cool, dark vibe that it has to it like it definitely makes it stand out mm. um you know I just I would have thought a song this could have been a bit further down on the track list or you know compared to some of their other albums, but again like i don't I don't know maybe like you had mentioned this album kind of has darker undertones kind of throughout, and so you know, that could be very yeah. well the case And so, in in that regards And maybe it's perfect as track too
2: Is is the production yeah. on this song Pretty consistent with the rest of Double Platinum? Yeah Because I did find, like, that was, I think, one thing That I found really hard to kind of And I think, I think you alluded to it a little bit But in the sense that you it, were drawn in by it But just the, like, the guitar Tones on this song for me Were, like, really muddy And, you yes. know, whereas yeah. Again, like when we talk about skate punk bands pop punk bands whatever it's like a lot of times it's really bright right like that production is bright and tight and this is this song specifically it kind of really stands out Is almost the the opposite of that right like the guitar tones right. are pretty it's dirty yeah, it's, it's drudgy yeah. Yeah. yeah and then like the 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 tempo and the pace of the song i think really kind of like leans into that not saying it's some like super like grindcore song that's just like really slowing down and getting sludgy and it's like you know it's not doing that it's like (laughs) but it just you really kind of like you bathe in the mud a little bit
0: yeah and again i think that's the reason why i really love it i just think it has like a really it's different Mm -hmm. sounds different than anything else it's got this dirty sound the guitars are like buzzsaw and you know joey played a lot of guitar on this record um flip did the other guitar Mm -hmm. um They had Ken Stringfellow from the Posies come in and do a little bit of guitar work, but he mostly joined the band for their tour after the album came out. And I don't know, it's just, to me, it's a really unique record. It is definitely very dark. Joey was going through a really terrible breakup at the time. And all the songs he wrote, he wrote like in a hotel room. And they're all just like really, yeah. really sad, really depressing songs. I um, so why do I love it so much? I don't know. Yeah. I just I always love this I, record.
2: <laughs> I do really love though. Now that you bring it up, is this is something I did want to mention, even though I didn't take notes. But the guitar work on this song, like when that kind of like one lead riff sort of like swells in after, mm. um, what does he say? I can't remember what the line is, but it's after it cuts out and it does, uh. Oh, and I think it's right after he says, and I would love to show you all. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you refer to that part of the song is. You know, where it first cuts out, it's so small, it's so small, and I would love to show you all. Which, if this was a Blink-182 song, he'd be singing about his dick, for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> the, like, the guitar, the, the lead guitar line doesn't just, like, start. It kind of almost fades or swells in. It's this kind of unique yeah. thing. And then he brings a little part back later that I think is pretty awesome, too. Um, but, uh Yeah, all in all, it's a song that definitely over the time of like listening to these songs and I'd heard it before because Double Platinum and um, Let's Talk About Feelings are the two albums that if I'm listening to Lagwagon that I've gone back to. And um, yeah, but out of this list, like that song definitely, I think, grew on me the the absolute most, like going from I don't get this song to going, I can actually really appreciate this song and it's, you know, it's stuck in my head right now. So that's yeah, that's good it's stuff. So good. But let's uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about a couple. Oh, hold on, I got oh, one more note. Sorry, let's yes, go. <laughs>
0: so the song ends with a nod to the Shirelles. Will you still love me tomorrow? And Joey sings, "Will you still hate me tomorrow?" And I always like that. I always thought that was kind of a cool thing. That's fair. So that's all right.
2: Fair. So yeah, we're going to talk about some songs. Off. Let's talk about feelings. So well, let's do laid it. On lay it on us, Aaron.
1: Yeah, the fifth album came out November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight singer joey cape has stated that this is his favorite leg wagon album the front cover painted by mark de salvo is just a classic classic punk piece of art i mean that guy's Mm -hmm. done artwork for for no effects and i mean tons of bands from that era and uh, i was just checking out his his instagram page this week and just like oh man like so much oh jed's got a
0: what is like it's hard to see he's got some painting on his wall it's dark I got the, make, the no use for name, Making Friends print on the wall. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I always love, um, you know, just seeing who is behind so many of these classes, classic pieces of artwork. You know, we've had, um, you know, a few different artists on the podcast. And I just, I, I love that part of music because it is such a big part of, especially punk music, is the artwork that goes with it, right? That, you know, so many of our favorite albums, that sticks in our minds of... You know, first seeing that album art and it catching our eye, and so I just wanted to give uh, give Mark a shout out because that's an awesome painting or an awesome piece of art for that. Um, Yeah, Rolling Stone has named uh, this album as the 42nd greatest pop punk album. Hmm. I just thought that was uh, kind of a random number, but yeah, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, I I wouldn't even. uh, I don't even. I wouldn't really. I'm sorry. Did you say number one? Yeah, sorry, no one, what? 40 seconds slash one. Well, you know what? I, I wouldn't even classify this album as pop punk, so that's interesting.
0: No, you know, I wouldn't it's, either. It's almost better than that. Like it's it's poppy. I mean, there's pop elements, but I don't call, I don't consider this a pop punk album. I mean, what, because it has a pastel cover? It's pop punk? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's pretty far
1: down the list, so it's probably like, okay, we've got, you know, eight more albums to make the <laughs> top 50. Let's yeah. kind of pick some that people will know. But, Rolling so, Stone.
2: I would say Rolling Stone was like, man, a lot of people talk about this record, but there's not a whole lot of big catchy choruses on it. So 42, <laughs> 42, because it gets talked about a lot. But <laughs> uh, what was number one? Did you look? Did it, did it say? No. I, I'm uh, sure we've all seen this list. Now I'm just yeah, curious, though.
1: it's probably either Blink-182, and of Mother States. That's, that's usually number right. one on most of those lists, or Green Day Dookie. Dookie. Do we,
2: do we want to take any bets, Green Day Dookie or... I'm gonna say it's Enema of the State. Enema of the State. I think I think your first guess is gonna be better. Hopefully, this isn't like one of those websites where it's like. I'm gonna
0: go with Milo goes to college. Oh, you're going you're going out there. Uh, let's see. Just let me scroll to like the that.
2: bottom. Come on, don't let don't make me click on, click through pages. Come on. Of course, ads for days. Well, uh, they've probably done multiple lists too. So this is the list
1: from 2017.
2: Yeah, I'm. I don't know if this is the right one, but this is Green Day. Dookie is number one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm curious what number two is blink one eighty two NM of the state. Yeah. <laughs> number three is oh the Ramones rocket to Russia. Yeah. Oh Milo goes to college is number four though. Oh so you are, you're you're close. close.
0: I
3: was close. Yeah,
2: they're not oh they are numbered. I was gonna say I want to see if this is the right one. You said forty two, right? We're just like yeah. oh. in my head,
0: Milo's goes to college is number That's <laughs> fair, that's
2: fair. We're just wasting time right now. <laughs> oh, this will be a fun all right after you my okay. friend. So so here we go. Hold on. Lagwagon, Let's Talk About Feelings is number 42. Can you guess what number 43 is? It came out.
0: Cricket, cricket. Yeah, it came out in uh. 1999. So a year later.
2: If I tell you the label. Oh, there's that'll, so many. I say, if I tell you the label, that'll give it away, I feel. I think this, unless this was. Um, give us a random lyric. Okay. Well, no, here, here's, a ra- here, here's a random. I could describe the, the album artwork. No, I can't. Um, (laughs) uh, MXPX covered a song off this record a couple years ago. But I think they slightly altered the lyrics. I'm pretty sure they slightly altered the lyrics. Not to, like, edit out any foul language or anything, but.
0: Oh, man. God, I have no idea. The Ataris?
2: It is the Ataris. Oh, Oh, it (laughs) It is. is. Blue Skies, Broken (laughs) Hearts. Yeah, yeah. And then number 41, and then we'll move on, is a lot newer. Came out in 2013. We talked about this record on the show, Aaron. Oh, well, that's. We, that we could did. Be a 100 different ones. We did. I'm trying to think. Did we just. I think we just did one episode on this band. And this was one of the records that we talked Rise about. Rise Against? No, that's, no, that's not Pop Punk. The Wonder Years, The Greatest Generation. Uh. Anyway, anyway, moving on. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the song After You, My Friend. <laughs>
3: A grin. He wants to be the one who doesn't have to sink a level in these streets. In his retreat, all in- Boy, they dress in green and wear Where they needs to the consent in the drift of a undertow.
2: With your with your super awesome facts,
1: so man, this this is just a, a ripper of an opening track. Like <laughs> to me, this is That's a fact. this is what grabs me for for Lagwagon. You know, when I think of Lagwagon, this is the song that immediately pops into my head. Just those palm-muted guitars that start the song, and then the vocals come in, yeah. and then it kind of has that like quick break, and then the drums coming fast. Like just such a classic kind of skate punk punk rock, you know, layout of a song that, that instantly hooks me. I, I love when songs start with you know, my all-time favorite album, Life in General, MXPX, starts with palm guitars and vocals, and I've just always been just a sucker for that, and so I, I absolutely love this this song. I You know, I've always been a bit confused about the kind of, like, elevator music bridge in the middle of this song. What are you talking and, about? Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about, confused? So, well, it, it's not that I don't, it's not that I dislike it, but I'm just every time I, every time it comes on, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of like waiting for it to come back in. I, I feel like I would have enjoyed the song
0: just as. But doesn't much. it deliver though? Like when you hear that elevator music, and all of a sudden those the guitar starts in again, you're like, oh yeah, here we go.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely kind of breaks it up. It, it is an interesting thing to do on a first song too. Like I, I don't know, is there a story mm. behind why they put that in there, or was it just to kind of
0: goof off and
1: have something that just totally catches people off guard
0: you know leon uh, the other guitarist is just he's a great he's a phenomenal guitar player he always had all these ideas and and runs on the guitar that he would show joey and i i don't really know i know todd caps who uh, would later go on to play with joey in bad astronaut is he's the one who plays the the p the keyboard on that track um I always got a kick out of it. I, th- I think it's a great little break in the song. It kind of builds back things back up again. It's, thought it was fun. it's
2: funny because you bring it up. And I think to me, it's just something that screams like mid to late 90s punk like it just felt like something bands did like i know my high school band that i was in we had a song where it was like this full-on like hardcore punk song and then in the middle of it we just had like a swing break and it was just like you know what i mean like all of a sudden it's like you know the drummer's just like swinging on the ride and i'm playing some kind of like ska slash swing guitar and it's like and then you go back into it it's just this weird thing that i feel
0: gotta keep people on their toes yeah
2: like like that bands did and i don't know like it's funny because in my mind, that's what it is. I couldn't think outside of this song of an example off the top of my head, but it just feels like something that was done at that time. And also, I feel like there was this like weird pseudo movement of like lounge music that kind of crept in in the nineties where it was like it felt like so it was it was just like lounge acts that would cover songs and they'd you know cover alternative rock songs or whatever, but they yeah, all, I do like, remember. Some of that. Yeah. And so it just feels like it's fitting in with that a little bit. And just for fun, like, um, I think my only real sort of like complaint with it is like, you talk about the guitars coming back in. I wish it like, instead of just kind of coming back in with the intro or whatever, that it like kind of just like came straight in. Like when it came, it was just like full band. Cause I think he kind of palm mutes for, you know, like a bar or whatever, like like whatever that opening riff is. And then it comes in. I just kind of wish it was just like, yeah. bang, like they hit you, drums are going, everyone's going, singing right away, like right. to make it more of like. But it comes
0: in a little differently than it does right. in the intro. Yeah. kind of like has that. Half time yeah, kind uh, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: um, it's, uh, yeah. So I think that's my only thing is like, I wish it just like hit you with something big and even maybe like double time, like out of the gate, just like, what is this? And then all of a sudden like, oh shit. Right. Like, you know, just like the flip of a switch, but wave two. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, um, but it's, uh, I, I like the, again, this is the record that I, if I'm ever, you know, sitting down going, I'm going to listen to Lagwagon, which happens from time to time. This is always the record that I do go to and I think part of that is a the artwork which Aaron talked about and B, correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure it's probably their most popular record like I feel like this is the one that I don't know if any other of their records made Rolling Stone top 50 pop punk albums (laughs) you know like (laughs) this one feels like sort of the one and like the production cleans up a little bit for me those guitars are a little brighter like it all sounds a little like here we go you know sort of thing but so yeah I can I can feel with that Did you have anything else you want to say about the song?
0: Yeah, I just, again, I really like the songwriting. There's a great line, fools in love are arrogant. Their sermons cloud his breathing air. He's in love with an isolation from emotion. It just makes me think of like this bitter person who's like kind of shut themselves off from from everybody, you know, probably due to being hurt in in a past relationship. Uh, he kind of like looks scornfully at people in love, and is like, like you know, Ugh, you know, shaking his fist. At, you know, he's like a he's an angry old man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been hurt before, and he'll never allow himself to be hurt again. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. It. He almost is like trying to ignore the way he really feels about it by by being stubborn and saying that he's you know he's against it, and he's and uh, you know, but um, that's a, it's a good song. And it's a you know, it's a, song was- a song about loneliness and vulnerability, and yeah, it's a great opening track, and yeah. I've always uh, liked this one at the top.
2: So let's move on to far from the opening track off this record, but uh, May 16th. (laughs) Do you have facts on this one? Why, why is it, you know, it's, that's become Lagwagon Day, right? Like everyone, that's, that's typically yeah. when
0: I- punk rock holiday. Yeah,
2: that's typically when I will obviously, for obvious reasons, listen to Lagwagon because you go on, you know, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and everyone's posting the artwork for this album. I'm like, yeah, I might as well, you know? Um, yeah. But there's a good reason why this song has like, I think, stuck around with people. Like this is, it's a great song. Uh, But Aaron, why don't you, why don't you share your thoughts?
1: Well, I was going to say, Jed, maybe you, like I've, I've kind of got some background on this, but you probably have some more kind of personal insight. So why why don't you share why, why this song is such a classic for them and, and even in this whole genre?
0: Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about how the song came to be and then a little bit about the art. So you've mentioned the art a few times. So first off, um, so I guess the story goes that Joey Cape had a falling out with some friends and, he woke up on May 16th. That was, you know, the date. Uh, he had a one night stand, woke up, hung over, uh, you know, just another Saturday as he sings in the song. And, um, you know, according to the lyrics, uh, he hears wedding bells, you know, he looks outside his window and he literally sees his friends getting married, you know, they didn't invite him, you know, and he's just like sitting there and he's like, man, what, like, here I am. I'm in this apartment, one night stand, I'm like hungover. my friends are out in the park getting married and like you know what the hell like where did where did these like where did all this go wrong you know <laughs> so he wrote the song in that in that apartment just sat there with the guitar and came up with um you know the melody and some of the lyrics just feeling broken-hearted yeah. that he had lost connection with these people and that they were getting married and he was no longer in their lives and you know all because of some misunderstanding you know who, who even knows what about yeah and um it's so that's kind of the it, background of the it's song. It's funny
2: though because I've got a story that's very similar. Uh, so when I when I got married, I lived with uh, there were three other roommates at the time, and uh, <laughs> my buddy, one of them, he's sitting at home one day and he's like, "Oh, where's everyone going?" Like he's just sitting on the couch, and my my friend Amos is like, "Oh, we're we're going to David's wedding," and he's like, "What?" And so I never invited this guy to the wedding, which is funny. Cause like we're friends now we were friends then, but he had moved away at one point and then moved back. And so when we sent invitations out, he was gone. Right. And so I was like, in fact, I think he was like maybe in Thailand or something like gone, gone. I didn't know how long he's gone for. Mm, so I didn't send, really didn't send him an invite, but he'd been back for a bit and I could have easily said, Hey, you want to come to the wedding? But I never did. Cause I was everywhere else. And so on this specific day, the day we got married, uh, he was sitting around doing absolutely nothing because all of his friends including his roommates were at my <laughs> wedding and so there is like this running joke sort of thing that i was just like a bad roommate which i mean part of it was true part of it was just like you know we were just kind of jerks to each other or whatever like for fun but uh, so that that one kind of cemented it though when i didn't invite my own roommate to my wedding when everybody else was going but he <laughs> yeah. just i'm pretty sure he just sat on the couch watching seinfeld so Uh, Sorry, not a bad day either. No, right? Like alternative. (laughs) He he probably had a better time. To be perfectly honest, I don't know about (laughs) you, but when I go to weddings, I just I'm very bored. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Seinfeld for the win. Um, No, this song is awesome. That's that's my note on it. It's it's a great song, and I appreciate May 16th every time it rolls around. Yeah, this
1: this was for sure the the first song I heard. If this was the one that was on uh, Life in the Fat Lane. And yeah, I immediately like the song and the band. I tracked down this album. You know, these two songs for me are are two of my favorite from them. Um, You know, when I think of the band, these are the two ones that stand out. And so it was, you know, kind of easy picks um, when I was putting this list together. I I just think they they represent the band well. You know, they still sound awesome to this day. You know, as do, you know, surprisingly a lot of songs and albums from this time. So that's not necessarily a surprise. But yeah, like David said, like the production is really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I just I, I love these songs. This album stands out. I, I'm actually really looking forward to listening to Joey talk about this song on the Krista Makes podcast, um, which he recently did, and I specifically haven't listened to it yet because I didn't want it to kind of taint my, my thoughts about it or, or whatever, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of hearing more about, about that. So if you want to hear a more in-depth um, interpretation of this song, then go listen to that All podcast. Right.
2: I want to follow up on that after you listen to the song or the podcast. I want yeah. to know if it in fact taints your thoughts on this song. <laughs> well, no, sorry, not not taints, I don't think but I don't just like, like, it like anymore. <laughs> no, no, sorry, that, maybe that was the
1: wrong. I just didn't want it to to, to influence your thoughts. Yeah, influence yeah. it. Yeah, there we go. That's a better better. That's that's word fair, for that. I
2: guess. I get me myself. I would be like. If I knew about it. I don't listen to podcasts very often, but um, which is hilarious. <laughs> but uh, there, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving. That's what I like to do, but I don't drive enough. I live too close to work. But um, I, for me, that would actually be something that I would do going into it because I'm like, it's just going to help me understand the song even more. But uh, I, I, I want to know if it taints your thoughts on the song. <laughs> yeah, I, I will let you know. <laughs> Have you ever been uh, uninvited to some or like – not invited to someone's wedding when all your friends were there
1: uh, not that no. i can think of though.
2: No. <laughs> all right good you guys are i don't think i have either but even <laughs> I if mean, i wasn't like i said i'd be like oh, i'm good
1: <laughs> yeah like i definitely have long time friends like who we were really close kind of in teenage years or young adults but yeah. then the last number of years are just more kind of acquaintances and so sure. when they got married wasn't invited but it was kind of like that's okay it's kind of Different friend circles now, so I, yeah. I wouldn't take that personally.
2: That's good. Do we want to move on to the next song or do we have more to say on this one?
1: Any any more wedding thoughts? No, I'm just kidding. Any more well, wedding I just thoughts? wanted to quickly yeah. say
0: that um you know, every May sixteenth everybody posts the album art for for this record, and it's it's just an iconic record cover. Mark DeSalvo, great artist, mm-hmm. great guy. Uh, he told me that Joey was totally infatuated with this record cover, a band called Speed Racer, and the album was actually called Railer, which is funny because Lagwagon just put out a record called Railer. But if you look at the Speed Racer album cover, it's the nerdy girl on the cover of (laughs) Let's Talk About Feelings. But the funny thing is, is Mark didn't see that. When he created, he made like dozens and dozens of drawings of nerdy girls and they would go through them and they'd be like, well, this one's too angry and this one's too, you know, this one's too ugly. And, you know, we want a girl who like doesn't think that she's ugly. Like she's got this (laughs) smile that, you know, she thinks she's really, you know, hey, I'm really great. And, uh, you know, so just really cool to hear how like that kind of stuff comes together. And He recently just posted on May 16th, some of the the rejects. So if you check out Mark DeSalvo's Instagram, he's got a bunch of like the unused nerdy girl drawings and they're so fun to go through to see like what could have been yeah you know
2: so i'm trying to see i, I tried googling for that album artwork but unfortunately you just get uh, like screenshots from speed Racer the movie
0: <laughs> yeah if you look on Discogs, oh, you can, yeah, I you can that find would,
2: it that would work. um well you look that up
1: and we'll we'll move on to the next album oh i found it Wow. Oh, okay well okay, okay too quick that's cool anyway yes yeah, so let's move on to the next record all right, let's do it. Blaze, the sixth album, released April 8, 2003, recorded again with Ryan Green. So this album marks uh, the first album release in five years since Let's start. Let's Talk About Feelings. Uh, the absence eternity. was due to frontman Joey Cape being involved in uh, projects like Bad Astronaut, Me First, and The Gimme Gimmes. Leg Wagon did not completely disband during this time and briefly reuni- reunited in 2002. Uh, so we're going to talk about the song Never Stops.
3: Ah. we just revenge become what they can damn mirror image man hands across america let's get There come too close With flow from glass
1: this song is yeah it's a cool, a cool song it starts with an acoustic guitar and vocals kind of really strip down which is interesting and then it kind of goes with full-on guitars and the vocals kick in it's a really high energy song brings a cool dynamic with different ups and downs you know especially with the ending it just kind of cuts to a slower instrumental which uh, was yeah. a, a different way to kind of end the song uh, for me it's really you know the chorus which isn't even that much of a chorus, but. I um, mean, it's just like singing like, I'm all right, or something like that. But that part is just so catchy, and it, and it goes back to it a few times. But when I listen to that song, that's what kind of draws me back into it. And so, you know, they don't have these big choruses, but they do know how to do these little parts that, you know, are catchy enough to draw you back into it. So I got a sneeze. Take it away, Jed. <laughs>
0: Well, it's just a really great song, and you mentioned that the chorus. It you know it it prescribes to that notion that if you hold your notes, you hold your vocal lines over fast guitars, it's gonna sound amazing. Right. And that's something that Tony Sly did a lot. Um Never Stops is just a great ripping political tune. I love it. It seems like it's a response to the growing number of people at the time. So when this was written, you know, not long after the attacks on the World Trade Center mm-hmm. in the Pentagon. You had all these people in the United States who were confusing patriotism with nationalism. Right. You know, in this country, you started to see, you know, more extreme and exclusive to- exclusionary love for like, you know, one's country yeah. and, you know, at the expense though of like foreigners and immigrants and even people living here who were like considered outsiders. You know, and that would often be based on race or religious, you know, grounds and it just got like really uncomfortable. You know, like you, you want to be proud of your country and you want to have pride, but it almost got like mixed up with this like sense of like superiority and like distrust for foreigners. And so I think that this song is definitely a, like a response to all that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can I can for sure see that. And I, crazy to think like, so this came out, was it 2003? Is that when you said this came out? Yes. I was about to call you. The record came out in yeah, yeah. I was about to call you Adam for some reason, Aaron. Don't ask me why, okay. but. But, I uh, to that. Hey, Bill. <laughs> there we go. I like it. Um, but like, it's it. I don't. I guess it's not crazy to think that things from then to now have only really gotten worse, right? Like, it, as far as what he's singing about here, I find like just that as as opposed to being patriotic, it's more you know the nationalism sort of thing, and yeah. and it's it's something that in Canada, I don't think. I feel like. This this is just Canada in general. I feel is we're always kind of in a lot of sense like a step or two sort of behind what the states are doing. I don't don't know if Aaron can agree with this or not, but it feels like you know like we're always trying to play catch up, and in sometimes I think it it kind of works against us in that sense too. Whereas like this has become more and more of an increasing normal, or at least being more and more vocal and visual, if that makes sense in the States, but it's also something that we're kind of starting to see more and more in Canada as well. I mean, I think a lot Mm. of that has to do obviously this song was written before the likes of Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, right? Where where people could say basically whatever they want without real fear of consequence right like i mean obviously sometimes Mm -hmm. it catches up with people and then and then they're like this is so unfair how can you take me but anyway um, (laughs) (laughs) before going too far down that trail i think right you know it's it's just i guess he's right in the songs called never stops like and it's 100 percent true that we're talking you know almost 20 years later 18 years later that a song like this is more true now than you know maybe it was even then right like um it's frustrating and it's sad and
0: you know um but here we are it is frustrating that these things continue to stay relevant i mean you listen to songs like this you listen to songs by like pennywise or good radiance or propaganda and you're like all these things that they were singing about in 94 97 2000 they're all still very relevant in 2021 (laughs) right right and i mean like it's it's crazy to think, too,
2: because so I don't I don't know how how much you follow Canadian news or how much this made news. Oh, I'm hooked. Yeah. How much this made news in the <laughs> States at all. But just a few days ago, um, there was a discovery made of like basically a mass grave in. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I've been reading about. Yeah. That. So like in, in B.C. for at a residential school, which is where they, you know, sent indigenous children back even up until like mm-hmm. this is what drives me crazy is that you know you'll have people say well that that was so long ago right well this specific school that mm-hmm. these children were found at these remains were found at literally closed in the 90s right and so when you think about you know my way is better than your way or my way is the right way or the only way or however you want to put it where it gets very loud now because of things like social media at the same point in time this is obviously something that's been just ingrained and sitting you know undercover maybe is one way to put it forever right like at one point in time it was out in the open you had things like residential schools and you had things like uh, as they're referred to appears like the 60s scoop and stuff just like speaking obviously specifically about racism in this sense towards indigenous people but um we mm-hmm. so it's just on my brain because we went to there's uh like a um uh, how do i what is it like not a vigil but like um just sort of a, a, there's like 215 pairs of children's shoes at the, like the government buildings here in Edmonton that were like mm-hmm. placed out the other day yeah. in memory of these children and whatever. And, you know, like, yeah, I saw a picture of that. yeah but... And so uh, we, we went and saw it today, took our kids to it and kind of explained everything about it and whatever. So it's, it's very fresh top of mind right now. And then this song comes in and it was like, that's the thing is like, this stuff has all been here, but for so long, it's kind of been this thing where it was. Pushed aside or silenced in the sense that people, you know, would be more afraid to come out with it because you'd have to do it face to face. Right. Like versus now it just seems like it's so crazy and out of control because you have social media and you have a place where people can just go off, like I said, either anonymously or without real fear of consequence. And it's it's horrendous. Right. Yeah, so um, it is. yes, and, and it's true. It does. It, it never stops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but. Not to get too heavy on it because this song is is a great song. At this, you know, as as far as even just listening to it and going like, yeah, man, I could get into this song. I could jam this song. I love the kind of like mellow acoustic sort of intro. Right, it almost throws Mm -hmm. me off because the first number of times I listened to it on this playlist, I was like, is this the end of one song or is it the start of another? Mm -hmm. And then when it comes in, I'm like, oh right, it's the start of this song because it's kind of out of nowhere. It feels like it should be the end of a song, right? And maybe that's maybe that's intentional too. Is it like you kind of want it to be the end of something, but really it's just the beginning. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry to go down, uh, <laughs> down no, a bit cool. of a rabbit hole there, but um, yeah, man, this is, uh, this this is good stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well, I, well the best stuff.
0: songs, you know, make you think about
2: stuff. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Well, the, I
1: wish I'd gotten yeah. to this album more. I, I always thought this was an older record. I don't know if it was just based off the artwork, um, I didn't realize this one came out after Let's Talk About Feelings, but yeah, I, I listened through this album this week and was like, man, I uh, missed out on this, so my bad. I like it. For, for, this, s- uh, for a
2: second there, I was like, I like you said, I always thought this was an older album. I'm like, yeah, it's 18 years old. Well, like, <laughs> I, I thought it was like like around Haas that time, yeah. like even, <laughs> even older,
1: kind of in the 90s there. Again, maybe yeah. just...
0: Older than Zeppelin 1. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: well, it's... Yeah, this record for me is always good. I'll always remember this one, Blaze, as being the one CD that we had in the CD player. Driving back, we were on tour. My band, uh, Craig, who often joins me on the podcast, we drove home from Chicago in one night, and Blaze was in the CD player. And everyone was like too grumpy, too tired, too mad at each other. <laughs> we just let the CD play for the almost the entire drive home, and it was just Blaze on repeat oh, <laughs> all the way home. <laughs> We must have played through like 9, 10, 12 times. (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. Oh, man. All right, want to move on to the next one, Aaron?
1: Yeah, so our final one is off the album Hang, which is their eighth studio album, released October 28, 2014. It's their first in nine years following 2005's Resolve, and their first to feature current bassist Joe, who replaced their former Jesse. Uh, This album was recorded by Bill Stevenson, so they uh, switched it up a bit and I think they had worked with him on some other albums as well. Um, yeah, so the song is called "The Cog in the Machine." Definitely caught me off guard, so this is one of the songs that is in their top um, five songs I think on on Spotify, so it must be a popular song i didn 't really you know, I, I really, you know jed you 've alluded to some of their influences of metal, um, which i yeah. didn 't really hear on you know the uh, these other songs or even in their other albums i wouldn 't have really picked up on that, but definitely heard it on this song. And, uh, yeah, it kind of caught me off guard, but it, it kind of immediately hooks me in. I mean, I, I love metal music. I, I like some kind of cheesy metal, too. Not that this is that, but, you know, just between the vocals and that guitar riff, it kind of has almost yeah. that kind of, like, glam rock feel to it. Um, but, man, right. it's got such a great groove to it. It just kind of immediately gets your head banging. It's got this really cool riff. It actually really reminds me of Propagandy. Just in that kind of mm. grittier riff, but still lots of melody in the guitar and the vocals. And uh, just a really cool like driving force beh- behind the song the whole time. And I kept going back to this one over and over, and I, and I listened through this album this week. Because it was one I remember checking out when it came out, but again, I don't, it didn't stand in enough, I guess, to go back to you right away. But this song made me want to go back and listen to it.
2: I definitely, uh, I was was trying to think through the whole episode here. I was like, there's one song where there's a riff that I could just remember when it came on going like, oh yeah, like I I can, I can get it. Like this is, this is sweet. And like definitely separate.
0: (laughs) More of this. More of this. Yeah, more more of this.
2: Definitely (laughs) separated it from the rest of our selection of songs that we had. Um, Is it, is this a direction that they kind of like, is, is this kind of more a specific song or, you know some songs here and there that do this or is it kind of a directional shift that they made to be a little more well the riffy i guess
0: <laughs> when when lagwagon started out they were called section eight and they were definitely a very metal influenced band if you check out some of the b sides uh for their album duh and their second album, Trash, yeah. like, they put out expanded versions, and I think you can find them on Spotify, but if you scroll all the way down to some of those B-sides, holy metal, Batman. <laughs> There's, like, you know, riffs and, like, two, like two solos and a song, <laughs> and when they signed to Fat, actually, Joey was worried that uh, Mike was going to think that they were too metally. y right. um, So, you know, I think they got more into, like, the, the punk stuff, but you can always kind of hear, like, their influences. But, I mean, the band, they're influenced by everything from metal to the Beatles to the Carpenters. Right. I mean, to... You know the Descendants. I mean, they were influenced by a lot of different bands, but it kind of you know it went away a little bit. Resolve was a great record, um, and then they put out an EP called like my I think my older brother still listens to Lagwagon, mm-hmm. which those were all Joey Cape solo songs that the band just recorded, and I love those songs, but to me that EP sounded really flat. There wasn't it was kind of lifeless. Right. Again, I I liked the songs, but there just there was something about it, and so when this album came out. Actually, I heard Cog in the Machine first somehow. I don't know if it was like if they played it, like if they posted it or something or if they played a video and posted it on their website. But I remember hearing this and being like, oh, okay," (laughs) You know, like like as it's playing, being like, all right, all right, all right. I'm into this. You know, it had life. It had a little grit to it. And you could tell that they were kind of maybe having a little bit more fun again. And like, you know, kind of leaning on some of those influences a little bit. Right on. And yeah, this is just a freaking ripper. I love this song. It sounds so good when it's building up with that guitar yeah. line. <laughs> yeah. Is there a lag wagon song you don't like? <laughs> I don't think so. No, ex- yeah, there, there's some that you're less. I, I couldn't name one. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, there's songs I like better than other yeah. songs, but I don't think there's a song in their catalog that I'll skip. That's awesome. Or yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to say? Looking at you, uh, more
1: Aaron. more leg wagon
0: more leg wagon. I had a lyric here yeah, yeah. I had a lyric I like the um he thought he would he thought he had to save the world he only had to stop destroying it he only had to stop waving his rights supporting the stream of trickle down lies the cog in the machine mm. so it's definitely just a song about going up against something bigger yeah, you yeah. know like the you know going against the uh, the Goliath yeah. and he actually you know mentions David and Goliath in the song and so you know, again, it's a, a political, politically leaning song, just about kind of like you know stepping outside of the status quo and going up against those the big systems, whether it be like a, a corporation or whether it be anything. I yeah. mean, so you know, it's definitely a song to get you fired up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, final verdict, Aaron? Lagwagon?
2: Yay or nay? Oh, definitely yay.
1: Yagwagon, wagon and and i and that's why i like doing these ones because i knew i would like it like i never didn't listen to it because i didn't think i would like it it was just there was always something else to listen to and so i never really went to it so i like having these excuses where it's like all right for the next two weeks i'm going through this playlist five ten times and then because of that it was like okay i want to hear more of this song or this mm-hmm. album so i'm going through you know two three of the albums and mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely reignited like okay this is a band i'm gonna go back to more and even if i don't anytime soon i thoroughly enjoyed you know my time with them this yeah. last few weeks yeah yeah it's fun to jump into
0: a band you know it's yeah. just
2: that's yeah i mean that's that's definitely one of the points i think of our podcast or like i i definitely it's something more that I've noticed in the process of when we did the labels series, right? Like, because we'd share bands with each other, and they'd be bands that sometimes you'd never heard of them, or a lot of times it was like, oh, yeah, I remember that band, but I just never, for whatever reason, listened to them. And then so it gives you an excuse or a reason, I guess, to kind of go and, and listen to a record and, and you know, kind of maybe form a little bit more of an opinion. But, yeah, I mean, Lagwagon, Lagwagon's a tricky band for me in the sense that, like Aaron said, I've always... I've never disliked Lagwagon. I don't know what it was or what they could have done that would have like that would have just propelled them into, you know, that that library of bands that I would just commonly pull from. Um I don't know if it's cuz I, I don't know how old you are, Jed, but like I I just kind of gathered from when you were talking about when you first got double platinum that I think you're probably a couple years older than me. And so like I don't know if that was like part of it too is that by the time i was really getting into punk like they had kind of been around for a few records at that point and mm. you know like mm-hmm. the, o- yeah. the older like um guys in the scene like they were into lag wagon but like i was you know maybe by that point more into like the straight up pop punk side of things or whatever right like right. um they were just too mature for me <laughs> they were lyrically too mature for me they weren't
0: me the running time. naked in their music <laughs> yeah, videos right? i yeah. mean come on you know yeah um so that's, that's, well, you know, sometimes you get into a lane and you kind of just, yeah. you know, you stay in your lane and you, yeah, well, it's, and, it's uh... funny
2: though. Cause like, I mean, some of my favorite bands that I would list would have come, you know, up alongside it. Like, obviously, um, you guys did an episode on, on talking records about face to face. Well, face to face is, mm. you know, like a band that I will gladly say is one of my favorites of all time. And, you know, like they, mm-hmm. they would have been running along that same time or we've talked about good, good riddance. Word, so... Yeah um and and propaganda was mentioned earlier like some of these bands that were like definitely straight up running mates with Lagwagon that i loved and maybe it was just that those were the bands that i chose and then Lagwagon was there as well right um but yeah anyway i think that'll probably probably wrap it up so before we go did you want to share where people uh people can find you and your and your show like what's your address Yeah, specifically your address, not a post (laughs) like a P.O. box or anything, but actually to get to your front door.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely check out TalkingRecordsPodcast.com. That's our website. We've got all our episodes on the website. We've got links to like merch. You can pick yourself up a Talking Records T-shirt, which is very stylish. (laughs) We're on Instagram, Talking Records Podcast. We are on all the socials. You can find us on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We post teasers on YouTube and stuff like yeah. that. And so, yeah, check out Talking Records Podcast, album deep dives, talking with friends about records we grew up on, records we love. Sometimes we're lucky enough to get people who made those records to come hang out with us and chat about the making of the records. It's like, you know, like we're trying to do better than Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you can also actually find, because uh, you're on, we don't mention this very often, even though I got this Idea to start it a while ago and then LinkedIn, but yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, no, but we're we all share, we're all we're all hanging out together on Discord. Um, oh, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we do have our Discord. So if you want to go, we've got the link on our website growingpunkpod.com, or you can, you know, hit Jed up or hit us up at Growing Punk Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and just ask for an invite link. We're seriously not picky <laughs> come come just hang out we talked there's a lot of discussion about pizza yeah there the the, the pizza discussion has died down a little bit there's a lot of discussion about music um which is what it was created <laughs> for so uh and there's also um kind of i guess channels specific for specific podcasts and stuff that you can you can kind of talk about in there too but uh yeah man i think that'll do it so thanks for thanks for hanging out with us Jed. yeah it was awesome
0: Thanks for having me. This was a blast. I've been wanting to talk with you guys for a while. This was fun. I had Aaron on the podcast. We did talk about face-to-face. That was fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for staying up so late, though. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs)
0: It's late here, guys. Yeah, man.
2: It's going to be tomorrow soon. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, man. That'll do it. So uh, goodbye.